from the Catholic Underground. Today on the show, it's our Christmas Spectacular, an adoption story to warm your heart. Hey, Nick, straighten up and slay right. Staying vigilant, our picks of the week, and so much more. The Catholic Underground's Christmas Spectacular starts now. Well, oh well, oh well, oh well. This uh, is our Christmas spectacular. I'm excited. No well, oh well, oh well, oh well. Yeah. Uh, hi. Uh, welcome to the Catholic Underground. I'm Father Chris Decker, and uh, we are indeed the podcast that tries to help you cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. But this episode, uh, like we tend to do every year, is uh, perhaps a, a little bit more rambunctious. Because rarely do we get to just spend some time with you in whatever medium you find yourself, uh, you know, consuming us on, yep. whether it's podcast or whatever. And this is also kind of the Christmas party that we're inviting you into for the Catholic Underground. Ooh. So uh, joining us, we got Kathleen Lee. Hey, Kathleen. Hi. Also, <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen is, uh, is, if you're listening to us on uh, on your podcast form, uh, Kathleen's got a lot of different bottles around her mm, yes. as well. Uh, not we'll all be, of them we'll, are we'll, alcohol. Not all of them. <laughs> Some of them we'll are. We'll be talking about it a little <laughs> bit. Just a few of them. Yeah, yeah. Olivia's <laughs> here as well, of course. She is our resident Italian food critic, which is why we thought we'd kind of go to Italy for our Christmas oh, spectacular. Yeah. It's my time. It is your yes. time to shine. Yeah. So and uh, heading up to space to, to the Jeff Star 1 near-Earth orbit satellite. Uh, hey, Jeff. Hey, I brought some Whoppers, some, some of the milk. Chocolate. Covered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. It's because they're small and they fit in the pneumatic tubes. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so also Ed Ball is in the ball pit, uh, which, of course, they're red and white colored balls in yes. the ball pit this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Mm. Especially this year. Like for a candy season. cane. That's right. So mm. presumably you're, you're watching us uh, Christmas week or somewhere thereabouts, or you're listening to us on Christmas week as you're trying to figure out what to do with your newfangled iPhone 11, mm-hmm. uh, and you've somehow managed to, to subscribe to our podcast. So welcome. Welcome to you. And uh, if it's the first time you're listening to us, we hope that it isn't the last. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, it's been so fun. so yeah, we are a show that uh, that likes to to try to talk about a lot of the things that are happening. Sorry, the forks are there, mm-hmm. ready for later segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we try to talk about a lot of the things that that are that are important, but maybe don't get a whole lot of coverage. Yeah. And so um, the the first segment uh, today is one that really is just heartwarming and not a dry eye. When I saw this on social media, uh, mm. I teared up a little bit. So I, I avoided yep. it for a long time. You did. You yeah, avoided same. it. Not today. Not yeah. same. today. I kept seeing the, the pictures and the headline. I was just like, I can't. I just can't. No. It's too cute. So, so the story is a five-year-old Michael Orlando Clark Jr., he wanted all of his friends to see the moment that he was officially adopted. And so what did he do? He dragged them to the 17th Circuit Court <laughs> so to cute. cheer him on. So uh, as he sat facing a judge in the Michigan courthouse, his entire kindergarten class sat in the pews behind him in solidarity. Mm-hmm. Each one of them held up a pink or a red paper heart. Some of them couldn't even see uh, above the barrier dividing the courtroom, and yet there they were. Uh, and I'm guessing that's like the, you know, the... Um, where, where the the gallery is, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. that people can sit. Yep, and um, and so the the judge says there's a there's not a dry eye in Judge Patricia Gardner's courtroom room. Mm-hmm. Um, there were 36 of those children. There were 36 other children that were the, that were officially adopted that day, mm-hmm. along with mm-hmm. Michael. So really, one of those beautiful beautiful Advent miracles, huh? Yeah. The miracle of adoption. Mm-hmm. Michael became a foster child to Andrea Melvin and Dave Eaton a year ago before formally being adopted by them uh, this week. Mm. 
And uh, Judge Gardner of the 17th Court uh, Circuit Court Family Division says, I understand we're joined by Michael's kindergarten classroom and teacher. <laughs> and so even the, even the judge was wearing a necklace of Christmas ornaments mm. um, because it was National Adoption Day. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And of course, as somebody who has adopted myself, did you know that Father Chris mm -hmm. adopted? Yeah. Um, it, it really is beautiful to see this sort of thing because a lot of people, I don't know, um, maybe I'm kind of going off script here a little bit, yeah. but a lot of folks think that adoption is something strange or something yeah. other, mm -hmm. but but there is a real family dynamic that that takes hold, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And we as Christians certainly recognize a very important adoption, actually two, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, a very important adoption in, in that uh, Mary and Joseph adopted the Son of God into their family, mm -hmm. you know? Obviously, he was mystically their biological child or, or, or Mary's biological mm -hmm. child. Joseph is often called the foster father, mm -hmm. uh, the earthly father of Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, but he was really and truly a part of their family, even though the circumstances that Jesus came into their family are, well, mysterious, beautiful, divine, and different. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so uh, when we talk about adoption today, and, and by the way, the second adoption would be us, all mm -hmm. of us. We are adopted sons and daughters of God by virtue of our baptism. We who had the doors to, to heaven, our heavenly home close to us in original sin, are now thrown open mm -hmm. whenever we are adopted into his family through baptism through Jesus Christ. So mm -hmm. oof, you got like two homilies there. New <laughs> listener, you're in for it. But but so adoption really is uh, it is a, a homecoming. It is a real and true family experience. Um, and so I, I know this always excites me yeah. greatly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I think it's something, I think it's really cool that he brought his his class with him uh, because you're right, it is something that um, adoption has a stigma attached to it. And, mm -hmm. and working with women in unplanned pregnancies, we unfortunately, I mean, maybe unfortunately, maybe fortunately because they're choosing to carry and, and keep their child, but mm -hmm. adoption is something that not a lot of women turn to. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something that, you know, it, it, it just recently, I say recently in the last, I guess, 50 years or so, was something that you really didn't talk about if you adopted a child or your child was adopted. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's, this is really cool because there are, you know, the family, what the family looks like, um, you know, is changing. Yeah. And, you know, adoption is, is such a, a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, get, it it makes a family, it makes, mm -hmm. you know, a family larger. Yep. Um, and it's such a cool thing to be a part of. Um, that, I, you know, I know these kids are going to remember for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. That's right. And then perhaps think about it, you know, a, a little bit more down the road, because as, as life happens, you know, some of the some of the kids in his class uh, the, that are, are young girls may not be able to conceive for some point or at mm -hmm. some point for because of uh, situations health wise and whatnot. Um, some uh, some of the those young boys are going to be dads. They're going to be husbands. Mm -hmm. And, and they may then be able to say, well, you know, I remember way back when I was in kindergarten, yeah. one of the boys in our class was adopted. Maybe we should be open to that as yeah. well in our particular situation. And, mm. and it is. It's a beautiful thing. You know, yeah. um, I often think about my parents. My parents had basically because uh, mom had been sick and was unable to conceive. And, um, and, and uh, they said, well, we'll, we'll try. And they tried. And, and uh, they tried to adopt. And nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. And then when they had given up and said, okay, Lord, we, get, we guess it's your will that, that we'll just be a childless couple, a phone call came, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and so you, you never know the workings of the Holy Spirit, the workings of God, whenever you just simply say, Lord, it's, it's up to you, here's where I am, and let your will be done. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? yeah. and, and then you see something beautiful like this, mm -hmm. where, where Michael is bringing his stuffed animals, you know, as kind of his 
uh, his his posse mm-hmm. at the at the, um, the I guess he's sitting in I get the defense yeah. table yeah. there I don't know um, <laughs> and so how how beautiful that is and so those are the sorts of things that that certainly warm our hearts sure. but they also are called to kind of turn our hearts towards looking towards the bigger picture right. and, mm-hmm. and that of course would be uh, the fact that that the family is something that is beautiful and whenever it's interrupted for any particular mm-hmm. sort of reason. Uh, sometimes because of the presence of sin, sometimes just because of life is what it is, mm-hmm. uh, it, it can always be resumed in a new key, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, according beautiful. to the design that God wants, you know, yeah. um, because we do recognize the importance of, of mother, father, you know, child, mm-hmm. man, woman, child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and whenever that can be um, not just simply kind of photocopied or replicated, but when it can truly be entered into, um, and in many cases with adoption, with a prayer, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, that should be done. That is an important sign for the world. And I dare say it's, um, it's a really kind of a, um, an image of the Holy Family mm-hmm. as well, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think about when I, I talk with my students about uh, like the Old Testament, mm-hmm. you know, we talk all the time about, you know, is this whatever this is? God's plan for marriage and family? And often the answer is, well, no, Mm -hmm. right? But then I follow it up with a question like, but can God follow through with his promises even in this? And the answer is always yes. That's right. Right? And so no amount of like human imperfection can destroy God's plan to bring us to himself, to draw us closer to him. Um, And so I love that, like Kathleen was saying, like there is often, uh, maybe less so now, but like a stigma on adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, I was even watching a sitcom the other day where it was that kind of that trope that you see in older shows where it's like... You're the, probably adopted, that kind of thing. Not not like that, but like, <laughs> it's like a secret until the the child oh, right. is older yeah. and then yes. they're like, well, when do we tell him? You know, oh, right. it's like, yeah. you could have yeah. just grown up, like raised him, you know, knowing yeah. that he's adopted because it's not a bad thing, right? No, right, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I think you're starting to see that more and more, but yeah, just realizing that like in a, especially in a spiritual way, like that adoption, that spiritual adoption that you're mm-hmm. talking about, like yeah. the adoption of redemption, yep. like kids who experience that, parents who experience that get to like enter into that mystery of mm-hmm. faith in a, such a deep way right? Um, that some of us can't, we can't fathom the, all of the, the facets of that. So there really is such a beautiful spiritual reality to adoption That's as true. well. And, and my parents uh, really kind of blow me away because they, they understood the, the spiritual nature of that adoption, especially whenever I decided to become a priest, because mm-hmm. they 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 know full well that uh, that their grandchildren are my parishioners. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and they they truly. While my dad was alive, he certainly understood that he got involved in parish life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. my mom to the degree that she can does the same thing. You know, and and it is a real thing. And and the beautiful thing about uh, how God works in the midst of something that is that is something that is not a situation normal is that he will more than make up for the fact that this is an, an abnormal situation. Right. And not only will he redeem it, but he will overflow yeah. with the graces that are necessary to make something even more beautiful mm-hmm. uh, out of it. And uh, I mean, I, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that I participate in that beauty. But, but that's the thing about it, folks, is that whenever, whenever we do something that, that takes us off the path, God can always not only just bring us back, but he can say, and look at, look at this, mm-hmm. yeah. look at this. And one of the things that we also know um, in, in Jewish culture, certainly, and in many cultures of the ancient world, whenever a child was adopted into a family, they became more than blood, mm-hmm. you know, because there was even more of, uh, of kind of a responsibility that, that the parents were assuming, that the adoptive parents were assuming. Mm-hmm. 
And there was a sense of responsibility that, that the child was assuming in, in being brought into this family. Mm-hmm. And so there is, it's love and responsibility uh, all, all together. And, and that's the thing is that always happens within the midst of the family. Yeah. And uh, I think there was a popular meme, um, a quote from Scott Hahn that says, you know, isn't it interesting that, that the Christmas story is not, um, is not centered around just a child, but a family, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and as we start to, to get closer and closer uh, to, to just really kind of diving into the Christmas season fully, right? For those of you who are, who have been to Christmas mass already, and uh, we, we get, if you actually, if you're one of those that can do this, do it. If you go to all of the masses of Christmas with all the different readings, you go all the way through that anticipation, mm-hmm. the struggle of the family to find room in the inn, and then the birth of Jesus, the adoration of the shepherds and the angels and the magi, and then also um, the, the reading of the, the first chapter of John, mm-hmm. where you see the kind of the big picture and then the, the microscope mm-hmm. of the Holy Family. So yeah, um, this is a beautiful story about uh, about young Michael Orlando Clark Jr. and his family. We um, we wish him well, and uh, and certainly if the Lord might be placing on your heart, you know, if you're a husband and wife and and you've had trouble conceiving, you want to to do what the church asks in terms of, of family life. Um, consider adoption because that is a very real option. And uh, well, I mean, again, not to make it all about me, but uh, but I can tell you that it works. And it can bring about a great deal of fruit in your family and in the life of the of the child that you adopt as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, uh, I, again, I could talk about this all day, and it's funny because I don't talk about this very much. Yeah, yeah you really don't. I mean, I don't think about adoption on a daily basis. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, it doesn't enter in because the the family that I'm a part of, uh, the the people that I love are are my adoptive family. And on in a, a little, I am not a mystic, I don't think, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> but slightly mystically. Um, even though I've never sought for my birth parents, uh, I know I know that my parents loved me, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Because I exist, I I, I have being. <laughs> yeah. I was brought to be, and uh, and and that has always been something that has entered into my prayer too—a prayer of thanksgiving and of gratitude. So in mm-hmm. a sense, I kind of know my birth parents, even though I don't know who they are. Yeah, yeah. and that's a very real thing as well. So uh, adoption, good. See you. Hats off to. Uh, to Michael and his family, and to all of you who uh, have considered adoption, who have adopted children, and who are welcoming this family life in a new key in, mm-hmm. in your uh, your family as well. Well, there is one thing that we probably should, uh, especially for you newbies out there, that we should remind you is that we are the Catholic Underground. All right, uh, we did that just for our stations down the line, because you know, you never know. And and, and I really like that wide uh, that wide shot. So if you're if you're watching us on the radio. Uh, it, it's pretty. Mm, it's I like pretty. it since yeah. the wide shot has moved. Yeah, personally. well, the wide shot used to live uh, in that's Olivia's my eardrum. <laughs> we uh, we uh, we used to let the li- live shot live over towards Olivia's eardrum, mm-hmm, and yeah. um, you and know, just, now you just get the everything. classic shot. And and we have um, if you're again if you're listening to us, we have some poinsettias in the um, in the studio too, and those aren't always there. It's party. So it is. It is. Pr- it's a v- our studio cleans up real nice. It does, doesn't it? There, Jeff. It does, and I love the snowfall I know. on yeah, the monitors. The perpetual is. snowfall. Yeah. It's snowing yeah. indoors uh, in Louisiana uh, at, at the time that uh, that we're recording this. It's almost eighty degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. So <laughs> I love yeah. Louisiana Christmas. That's right. Yeah. Everybody's singing about snow, and I'm like, mm-hmm, I'm sweating. That's right. So uh, it's for a those kind of, you, of precipitation. That's right. It is a kind of precipitation. It is, is that gross? Yeah. Sorry. Perspiration. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. 
so our show notes, by the way, if you want to look at all the things that we're talking about on the show and uh, you maybe you're listening and you go, I, I would like to read the story that they were talking about. What we do as, as a podcast is um, we kind of... Um, we go through the different uh, stories of the day and we kind of break them down and, and tell you part of the story and then you can read the whole thing for yourself. And we have show notes on our website at catholicunderground.tv where you can um, access that and see the stuff that we're talking about. And I guess we would be remiss if we don't mention uh, Jim Hayes and mm, Jim uh, his Hayes. and his adopted family, right? Yes. He, he, has, he has all sorts of youngins there mm-hmm. in his family. Um and Jim is the managing editor uh, way out in California, and we connect via uh, email every week. Yep. And uh, we put he helps to put the show together, and he does really a lot of the yeoman's work in putting the show together. Mm-hmm. So that's really how our show can continue to come to you, and we're very grateful when it can. All right, our picks of the week, which we'll tell you about. Are we going to do picks of the week? Yeah, I'm, I think I have one, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do one, sure. even though even though it's going to be a little uh, you know not, uh, non-situation normal. Yeah, because we would All be right. yeah. So, yeah, I, you don't have to worry about it, Jeff. We'll take care of everything from here. You We're just, 30 minutes away. Just, from, yeah. There you go. Yeah, you just keep riding the All Jeff right. Star one around the earth. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Thanks. All righty. Uh, so, Kathleen, yep. uh, I was really shocked to discover that you can't just become a mall Santa. No. <laughs> but, but, but that if you're going to be serious about being Santa... Yeah. You got to go to school. You got to go to school. Now, this is not some, you know, two-hour training on a Saturday morning where they tell you, <laughs> look, when a kid starts to cry, just smile real quick and yeah, take and a pretend, picture. Yeah. No, this is serious. Playing Santa Claus is ho, ho, holy business, people. <laughs> so much so that there is a St. Nicholas Institute where Santa's and Mrs. Claus, lest we oh, forget. Yeah, we uh-huh. cannot forget that. From across the country in Canada gather annually to be inspired by St. Nicholas's example. Now, St. Nicholas is not handing out candy canes at the mall. I mean, maybe he is. Mm-hmm. But this goes a little bit deeper than that, right? The one-of-a-kind October retreat, because you got to get in the spirit, Yeah, uh, and seminar at the St. Paul Retreat Center in Detroit, of all places. Uh, it's cold up there. It's a magical land, Detroit yeah. is. <laughs> it rekindles friendships and includes prayer and learning over three days. I like the, the idea of a three-day retreat yes. to be to be a St. Nick. Yes. So everybody who attends this is open to the very spirit that animated the saint, because lest we forget, mm-hmm. St. Nicholas Santa yep. Claus, yep. whose heart was made glad by the Christ child. Yep. Right? That's what animated his whole ministry. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, in storybooks, Santa lives at the North Pole, but St. Nicholas, the saintly template for Santa, yep. was a real-life Catholic bishop born during the 3rd century in present-day... Anybody know? I do. Uh, oh, oh. Don't wait, read the show notes. No. It's what you eat at Thanksgiving? No. Turkey! Oh, dang it. I was going to guess. Nice. I know where he's buried. Come it's back what, to me for that. It's what you eat at Thanksgiving. Well, yeah. I guess well, you yeah. know, just a little hint there. Mm-hmm. He came to be known as Santa Claus from the name Sinterklaas. Yeah. Right? That was Which the Dutch. Is the Dutch. Yeah. Um, for their favorite saint, St. Nicholas. That's always, right. It's always that's, the Dutch. That's why you leave your shoes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, or your the clogs. Night or your clogs. Or your clogs, yeah. Mm-hmm. I were. didn't, you know, that's the tradition that I need to, Santa Claus still comes to my house. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Um, I wonder if St. Nicholas would. I, be, I bet that. bet he would. I, bet I he missed would. it this year, but next year I'm leaving you my get, shoes out. You can get Chunk some little shoes and yeah. leave him by the door. Chunk, by the way, is Kathleen's French yes. bulldog. Mm-hmm. It's not just a bit of pudding. She no. Keeps <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's important to note that. Right. They're now, new. They're new. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. 
he's he's a Christmas miracle in and of himself. He's but the fourth <laughs> panelist on this yes. show. Yes. So back to St. Nicholas. <laughs> Although his reputation has been blurred with Christmas-themed associations like a workshop and elves and flying reindeer, he is in fact a saint who died mm-hmm. on December 6th three, on, in the year 345 at the age of 75. Which was old in the mm-hmm. 300s. Right, and he still inspires the joy of giving today mm-hmm. in 2019. Our lifelong devotion to St. Nicholas inspired Father Joseph Marquis in 2012 to found the St. Nicholas Institute in Detroit. Now, he is the pastor of Sacred Heart Byzantine Catholic Church in Livonia, Michigan. That's right, yeah. My parish or my uh, my parish town gets its name from the other Livonia. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm mm. pretty sure that was, yeah, that was it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he has played Santa for 47 years. So he's an Eastern Catholic priest. Uh-huh. So, so by the way, uh, you know, long story short, uh, he is a, a Catholic of the Eastern Rites of the Church, one of the 22 other churches that make up the Catholic Church. Yeah. Yes. There you go. There it is. And there's a big yeah. devotion to St. Nicholas in the, among huge. the Eastern Rite. I feel like in the Catholic Church or the Roman Catholic Church, we're just very kind of like, yeah, Santa, obviously. That's right. We'll yeah. wait till Santa Claus comes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But in the Eastern churches, November, December 6th is a big deal. That's right. Yeah. You leave those shoes out. Yes. That's yeah. right. Now, for 47 years, Father Marquis has been playing Santa Claus, and um, he was actually inducted into the, here we go, the International Santa Claus Hall of Fame. Are there such things? Yes. In 2011. You could still be considered. You just have to start growing that beard. Get on it. Get There's a school for you, Jeff. And get you some reindeer. (laughs) Actually, I had uh, played uh, Santa uh, uh, many years ago. Uh-huh. You know, Don, the, uh, of course. Yeah. You know, I just. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> just do yeah. the stick have on. Have to do the, yeah, stick on whiskers. But uh, <laughs> anyway. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I played uh, Santa on the radio a couple of times, Ooh. too. Oh, wow. Uh, hello there. Can you give us your best ho, ho, ho? Ho, 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 That's pretty good. Oh, that's so good. I tell you, if there were a radio Santa Claus Hall of Fame, you'd be there. Oh, yeah. well, God bless that's you. That's true. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Father. So not only um, has Father Marquis been inducted into this International Hall of Fame, uh, yeah. he has played Santa from 1977 to 1989 in the Detroit Thanksgiving Day Parade. Nice. Um, he's appeared on TV shows as both Santa and St. Nicholas, including EWTN's Living Right with Dr. Ray and At Home with Jim and Joy. Yeah. And even has won an Emmy Award for his appearance in a television spe- special with the Four Tops singing group. Wow. Oh. He also created, co-wrote, illustrated, and portrayed St. Nicholas in Saint to Santa, How Nicholas Became Santa. Yeah, if you've never been to the uh, the St. Nicholas Institute website, there's a lot of information there yeah. for all wow. ages. Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool because I think that, you know, especially in today's day and age, we need to be teaching our children yeah. the traditions. There's of, more of to where it than just from. the cultural yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, you know, I was thinking last, um, you know, last Christmas I was at my uh, my brother's house and he has three little little ones, and um, I mean, my at my own fault, like I was watching them. I gave them gifts coming out their ears, mm-hmm. and it was like unwrap, look, great, next, and I was like, oh man, kind yeah. of an assembly line of yeah, mm-hmm. um, of but consumerism. How, yeah, but how cool that this guy has devoted his life. 
um, to the real Santa Claus, the real St. Nicholas. Mm. In fact, his own devotion to St. Nicholas began at the age of six. Mm. Wow. Right When he and his twin brother Richard fervently prayed to the saint when their mother was hospitalized with a high-risk pregnancy. Mm. And their father was in a sanatorium suffering from tuberculosis. Isn't that something? Yeah. So it was the devotion to the Mm -hmm. saint that that kind of... This is the way saints work. They yeah. kind of keep you close to them. Yeah. You know, oh. it's yeah, really it's, a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah, and right. of course, well, not of course, but St. Nicholas certainly delivered because both parents regained their health wow. and returned home. Right? And so uh, Father Marquis no, has No grown, shocker, he's a priest. Right. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> uh, so Father Marquis today. has grown ever close to St. Nicholas. He has five of his relics. Wow. I didn't even know there were. I mean, I, that would make sense, but Oh, how there cool. most certainly are. How cool. Um, Mm-hmm. And so, um, and he has visited the St. Nicholas Shrine in Italy. Yeah. I, I've been there. Right. You've been there? I've been there. I saw Santa. Going to in fact, oh. uh, he, he's a, got a very big Italian following too, San Nicolo the body. Yeah, because he's, yeah. they, his body somehow ended up in Italy. That's yeah, all I'll yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. From Turkey. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's Nicholas <laughs> of Mira. From a place that is not Italy. But, yeah. Mm. But uh, somehow his, uh, his relics, I say somehow, we know exactly how his relics were translated to Bari. And a much larger shrine was built there. Excellent. Yeah, these but, things do happen throughout history. But it's in it's, it it's under a, a Byzantine church, and, it or is. actually, it might be under an Orthodox church. It's under an Orthodox church. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the Orthodox, who are the uh, people of the Eastern Rites who do not follow the Pope or do not recognize the authority of the Pope, mm. um, yeah, they also have a devotion to Saint Nicholas. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, so this school is really quite something. Yeah. Because I, I like the fact too that uh, that even even Protestants, those who are non-Catholic, mm-hmm. uh, come to school. Yep. And they they recognize, yeah, he was a saint, you know, and uh, and and certainly uh, he was a, he was a holy man, yeah. and that's exactly who. Even though I might be a Baptist or something, this is I portray him. Yeah. Yeah, super cool. There, there are also um, educational programs for school groups and other audiences. You know, f- across across the age gap, across mm-hmm. the the you know denominations. Yeah, um, as we were talking about, super cool. And this is like going to Elf School, mm-hmm. except for real. Mm-hmm. Like these people are really going to come out with the spirit of Saint Nicholas, yeah. the spirit of giving, the spirit of experiencing Christ. Um, and being Christ to others. Yeah, and not all Santas are created equal when it comes, because I've seen some that no. are just processing, you know, the pictures, right? They're like, mm-hmm. next, yeah. next, next. And then there are those who, who who take every child that's in their presence as you were the only one here, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter how long the line is. And I think that perhaps would be the spirit of St. Nicholas, yeah. the one that says, this good thing must be done now and it must be done for you. Because yeah. that was really what animated him. Yeah, for you know? sure. And, and you know, and listen, you don't have to go to the Santa school in Detroit this year to to be a St. Nicholas to someone. That's true. You know, when you're thinking about this, this Advent and this Christmas season, because Christmas begins on Christmas Day and there's a whole season afterwards, um, you know, really look at what is it that you're spending the most of your time on? Mm-hmm. Is it buying stuff? Is it decorating your house? Is it sending out Christmas cards? Which are all good things. Mm-hmm. But are you spending time being Christ to others? Yep. Showing others. I love the the image of Santa Claus kneeling next to um, the baby Jesus in the crib. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because even Santa Claus, right, is leading people to Christ. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you can be that for somebody this Christmas, it'll change your Christmas, it'll change their Christmas, and it'll be a beautiful thing. That's right. If you want to read more about it, catholicunderground.com is the place to go. We're going to take a break, but uh, stay with us.
Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. It is Catholic Underground. We are uh, here at CatholicUnderground.tv on podcast, on radio, online. And uh, yeah, uh, if you're joining us, this is our Christmas Spectacular. And one of the things that we always do in our Christmas Spectacular is we, we cook. Right. And we eat. And we eat, right? And yes, so child. and so maybe we'll just take this opportunity to to introduce you to uh, to what's mm. going on and then mm. and then maybe talk a little bit about uh, see we have a segment plan just in case we can't uh, fill the time with our food. So <laughs> lols. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and introduce uh, me to a bowl? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So we'll yeah. pass the bowls around. And it's interesting cuz the the topic is about remaining vigilant, you know? Yeah. And and one of the ways that that we as as Christians remain vigilant is uh, by some of the, the cultural things that we do, some of the observances that we have. And um, one of the things that, uh, that we... So our, our theme this year is an Italian family Christmas, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> That's right. Finally, Olivia gets to shine. And one of the things that, uh, if you've ever been with an Italian family or in one, uh, remaining vigilant is extremely connected. Remaining vigilant in the season is extremely connected to keeping watch as a family. And, uh, and so... This is, it's a very fitting uh, kind of topic. And, and so let's, let's talk about, I'll talk about what's happening on my end of the, of the table. Mm. Um, we have, uh, I, I prepared a, a cheese board. Okay. It's beautiful. And meat. And meat. So, so uh, the, an antipasto plate is, is not out of place in any uh, Italian home. In fact, uh, Roberto Veri, who is our uh, Toronto bureau chief uh, up in Canada, um, he and his family uh, have have a lot of Christmas stuff. Like, like mm-hmm. Canadian Thanksgiving just starts the ball rolling for them, you know. Mm-hmm. And so almost always there there are cheeses from all sorts of places. Um, we've I picked some some uh, some Italian cheeses. So there's like a Toscano uh, that's been coated in in, uh, in Syrah, like in a in a wine barrel. Uh, I've also got some smoked. Um, ricotta cheese as well. I can't wait to try. Yeah, and then some pecorino romano, which you can't go wrong with, and then um, some um, molitero, I believe it's called, um, the tartufo. So it's mm, a little truffle truffles. baked in cheese. Uh, I've also, of course, got some roasted red peppers, some prosciutto e melone, which is. Um, that's prosciutto. something, yeah, that uh, yeah. Roberto introduced me to. I've yeah. never had anything better in my life. Prosciutto uh, wrapped around a cantaloupe. Yes. Oh, yep. I'm uh-huh. crying now, man. That yeah, is... I know. Uh, so me too, inside. <laughs> I have to keep talking, though. And then some soppressata and some other uh, cured meats. Um, of course, um, various nuts and dried fruits are also common on, on a cheese board as well. Hmm. And because I had a little extra room, some chocolate-covered strawberries. I don't know how, uh, you know authentic that is but that's okay we'll allow it now uh correct me if i'm wrong uh, olivia but uh, around an italian family table uh there would also be a lot of seafood because mm-hmm. seafood is something that that's very um very much uh, sought after for the holidays mm-hmm. and so i have some smoked trout here 
Yeah. And in oh. fact, um, my family hasn't done this, but there's a tradition on Christmas Eve that you only eat fish. Uh-huh. It's like the feast of the seven fishes. Uh, right. Um, so, uh, and, I mean, think about like where Italy is. It's surrounded by water. So, I mean, they're more likely to have seafood, especially areas like Sicily mm-hmm. and southern Italy. They're more likely to have seafood than they are to have like red meat. Yeah. You know? and, and it is. It's a very pescatorian uh, or pescatarian culture mm-hmm. uh, to use the, the long word there. And then uh, let's see, we move from there uh, down next to the olive oil and balsamic vinegar to, to Kathleen. Kathleen, you really, Kathleen put on yeah, the whole. I'm Italian. She put on the whole Italian this hall. This pesto. This week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pasta. So, oh my goodness. So we've got, we've got uh, a caprese there. So um, that's one of the easiest things to make, by the way. If you're, if you're going, you want to you know, tell people that you really tried hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just slice uh, a beefsteak tomato or um, or some Roma tomatoes if you want something smaller, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, I, I'm telling the story here. And then you some mozzarella. Also, you know what I found? You, you know What's what up? I also found? You can put them on a toothpick. You can get like little pearls you can, mm-hmm. yeah. and little cherry tomatoes. Put them on toothpick, oh, yeah. drizzle some... Um, That's balsamic glaze, balsamic by the way. Balsamic glaze. Mm, That's yeah. why it's sticking like that. Olive oil, mm-hmm. salt and pepper. Basil. Basil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can even get a basil leaf and you can stick it on the, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the yeah, fork too. And it's all, or the, the skewer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very easy to do. And then Kathleen, you made some pesto. Oh my gosh. This is the best. What's in there? It's uh, pesto. I'm saying this so that you can tell them while I eat it. Um, look at there's two kinds of pasta, bow tie mm-hmm. and uh, I call it spiral. I'm sure it's like rotini. Rotini. Rotini and okay. something rotini else. Rotini and farfalle. 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 Because it means a butterfly. Okay. Oh. I like it. And then um, a pesto, mayonnaise, lemon juice, uh, really? spinach. Really? Mm-hmm. That explains it. Spinach mix um, mm-hmm. with some toasted pine nuts Ooh. and uh Ooh. Some Parmesan. I do love I want the, this the, recipe. The pignoli, mm-hmm. right? The, the pine nut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very nice. It's pretty easy. And it's you can add, um, it yields a lot. Yeah. Uh, yes. yeah. And you can add, um, so you can bring it as like a side, or you can add chicken or shrimp to it um, and make a meal out of it. Very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Olivia, you've got a little bonk. <laughs> a a bonk. Bonk. <laughs> Cake. But don't I fixed mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you did. You you filled the hole in your bunch cake. There, there. was a hole in this cake, but I yeah. fixed it. Um, yeah. So I made an olive oil cake where um, oh. the main fat in the cake is olive oil. So instead of like butter or instead of mm-hmm. yeah, instead of butter or oil, um, like you can make a an eggless cake or an um, a butterless cake. You usually, typically we use like buttermilk and oil or something like that. Mm-hmm. In this cake, um, the main fat is olive oil, so you get like that kind of richness of the taste of olive oil because I use like some some of the good olive oil that I have. Yes. Um, and then I put some, there is, and I put some figs in it. And oh. then in the middle is a, um, so in, I forget what they're called, but in, in Italy they have these really tiny strawberries that are just so sweet. Oh, yeah. um, I can't remember what they're called, um, but Baby I- ones? Yeah, I mean, they look like little, but they're so fragrant. Like mm-hmm. when I bought some in Sicily, I had some like in a plastic bag in my bag, like down, you know, oh, yes, four feet from me. Them, right? yeah. And I could still smell them. They oh, were so wow. fragrant. But um, so this is a, a sauce made with those in a little rum and a little lemon, you know. Mm, so of course. Put on your cake when you eat. <laughs> the Italian Alpine strawberry. Mm. Yeah. Don't know what the it word starts is. with an, an F, and it's not fragola. It's, it, it's a fragoline, L- little little mm-hmm. strawberry, right? Yeah. Th- 
Thank you, Internet. Mm. For, oh. Yeah, and so and so those are the main dishes. We've of course got some focaccia bread mm, there, so which is good with anything. Um, and then uh, and then some olive oil and balsamic vinegar because you can always dip, right? Yeah. You can. Oh, yeah. The beautiful thing about the meat and cheese plate is you can dip that into olive oil and balsamic vinegar. Mm. And it just kind of amplifies it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else is that? In? I think that's, and then, well, I have my little Italian herb grinder, which is a very helpful thing. And then my upcoming, because, oh, we also have some Italian <laughs> soda. The mm-hmm. blood orange is perhaps one of the, the most unsung um, wow, things. Really? Yeah. Oh, the blood orange. Ah. It's my favorite of all the oranges. Me too. And, uh, and you, so you, you uh, put more sugar and mm-hmm. uh, add fizzy water mm-hmm. and you've got blood orange soda. Mm-hmm. And so that's mm-hmm. very good. You have some more. That's good. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's uh, 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 Jeff. We promised to send some up the pneumatic tube. We just have. I know you will. You and now do. you'll watch us eat. That's right. And now you get to watch us eat for the next. Uh, 30 and I'll minutes. narrate. That's right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jeff will Jeff will uh, do the play by play. So are you going to have any of these recipes in the uh, the show notes? I'm just curious, sure. uh, you Olivia, know because you know. Yeah, I think we can certainly supply that because, um, as I say, just just some people are afraid to assemble a uh, an antipasto plate. Yeah, because you know, they're like, well, what goes on it? And, exactly. You know, I mean, you make like a schematic or a blueprint. I, I or something. could certainly sure. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, Kathleen's coming over sorry. for. Do it. It's all right. You're do doing it. great. Kathleen's reaching over for the caprese. I'm going to have some of the Toscano. Wait, while you're calling my Yeah. Well, this is this is not typical the of the Catholic underground. It's fine though. True. Yeah. It, now, is Toscano? Is it, it is it more of a salty type? It is cheese, or it is a salty cheese, and then it's aged in the wine barrels. Yeah. So you get a little hint of the grape in there, too. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. And tell mm-hmm. me about that smoked ricotta, because I've never had smoked ricotta. Yeah, I had never heard of yeah, it. Yeah, so ricotta, of course, is one of the easiest cheeses to make. You, yeah. You can, you can make it with some rennet, and uh, which you can get uh, usually at like a health food store. Mm-hmm. And you can make ricotta with a, um, with a jug of milk, huh. full mm-hmm. fat milk. Huh. And so it's a it's a kind of a grainy cheese, right? Yes. yes. And Did so you make the, that? I didn't make oh, it. Gosh. I didn't make it, no. Um, and then and then it's smoked, so the whole thing is kind of put together into a little wheel, and it's smoked. So it, it um, and this one is smoked with lemon, mm-hmm. oh, uh, and cured with lemon. So so um, the thing about ricotta that makes it congeal properly mm-hmm. is often oftentimes you can use uh, rather than a rennet, you can use a uh, a citrus, mm-hmm. and so it's got the it's a creamy cheese, and then it's got the citrus kind of infused in it, and it's a little smoky too. Oh yeah. Gosh. I, I do I need like. to tell my dad about that because yeah. he has a smoker and he likes to smoke oh, things. That's I, yeah, fascinating. Hey, I I, I've never uh, thought about ricotta, especially. Well, ricotta is one of those things that you know it's like a layer in lasagna. You know, and true, people don't true. think that's about it outside of that. Or like put it in a calzone or something. Or you forget it about it. Because uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. it is. It's a it's a utility cheese, right? <laughs> uh, it, it kind of it kind of is the unsung hero that gives a, a little bit of weight to to things. You know, but when I, like I made cannoli. Um, for yeah. my boyfriend Matt's family Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. um, you've met Matt, and mm-hmm. um, and like you, people ask what's in the filling, and they're really always shocked to hear ricotta cheese. Yep, cheese mm. and sugar. Because they're like cheese, really, and I'm like, but it's not like cheddar cheese, you know. Right. Yeah. It's a cheese that basically takes on the taste of anything you put it with, but mm-hmm. it adds that texture that you need. Kind of like a mascarpone too. Yeah, mm. mascarpone. There we go. Got it. I said yeah. I had to say it right. Yeah. So um so yeah, one of the things that we find <laughs> I want to eat. I know one of the things Keep we going, find in yeah. Advent is um is that that it's a time to to slow down and to to think, 
And that's really what eating does too, right? Mm -hmm. You can't do anything while you're eating except eat. Mm -hmm. you know? And that's the beautiful, uh, the beauty of sitting around the dinner table. Mm -hmm. uh, the, is it manja? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mangiare. Mangiare. Uh, so, uh, and, and uh, great, uh, great conversation. So. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly How are youngins doing? Yeah. And, and then, of course, uh, I, I failed to mention the, um, the goat cheese with fig. Mm. Um, Come big on. jam and little bits of fig. Yeah, you, you you were probably going to just save that for later. Just yeah. Tell about well, it. well, I just remarkable. sliced it in half, so there may be another half of the of the fig <laughs> goat cheese log, you know, off oh, camera. Oh yeah. man, I love that. Yeah, though. man, that's a good assortment. Now this this menu, how did you guys put it together? Did y'all decide that? I'm going to do this, you make that, and this would be better if we had this, you know what? This is probably the first year we didn't really talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Kathleen said, I'll make pesto, and then I think, I said, I'll do a cheese board. I didn't respond, but I read what y'all Yeah, <laughs> and we said. figured whatever Olivia makes. I mean, yeah. you knew I was either going to make bread or dessert, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I gambled on dessert. That's what yeah. I figured she'd make. Yeah. And mm -hmm. she did. And I did, because yeah. I am who I am. So the olive oil cake, cake mm -hmm. in there, is it? Uh, is it a sweet cake or is it more like a bread? No, it's a cake. I mean, oh, okay. it definitely has a different texture because there's some almond flour in it. Oh, Along wow. with real flour or all-purpose flour. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's... it's it, a, yeah, maybe it's it's a cross between something like a, a sweet bread, so something like a banana bread, which is already more cake-like than... Oh, yeah, I got you. you. know, sandwich bread. Um, but yeah, Kathleen can, can oh, give us the, so the verdict. Good. She's going to slice it for us right here on... Hmm? The radio and TV. We That's just right. this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell me yeah, if we, it's terrible. We apologize in advance for the plastic knives. I bring just about everything else, but always forget to bring the nice I forgot to bring for the show. Oh, wow. Okay. So. Look, it cuts and Sorry, shovels the food. The same. You guys are part of the family, so you understand. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. Let's see. A little strawberry juice. It might need to be spooned and not dipped. Mm. Ah, gotcha. okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And so, oh yeah, I didn't ask you. Did you say uh, that's the little mini strawberry? Yeah, typically. strawberries, Meyer lemons, and rum. Nice, mm. but it's Bayou Satsuma rum. Oh yeah, so, so in Louisiana we have the Donner Pelche Distillery, mm -hmm. and a couple of others that I use a Louisiana piece. Satsuma, which is kind of like an orange, right? Yes, it's naturally, yeah. um, it's natural. It's natural, of course, it's natural. It's an orange. Is orange, but uh, it grows. The Satsuma grows very plentifully in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. And uh, and so. They will use it in the preparations for their rums and for even. Um, is it good? I've even seen Satsuma use as kind of the finishing flavor mm -hmm. for gin down mm. here too. Yeah. And, uh, and really, this is growing season okay. in South yep. Louisiana, uh, just right before winter hits. But uh, mm -hmm. December, uh, the uh, the orange groves are just plentiful, mm -hmm. especially that? Louisiana naval what? oranges. Oh, do you like figs? Are it's you, a fig. Is Kathleen trying to figure? It's so good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've had to be tricked into into eating figs, you know. And now, now that I have, because yeah. I used to be afraid of them, because they, they, they look. Well, I think my first introduction to figs was a fig it's Newton, really good. which oh. yeah, it shouldn't no. count. It does not no, count. No. Right? Thank no. you. And no. and then and then if you if you look at the fig, sometimes it, you don't know what it is because on the outside it looks very very hard, mm -hmm. but on the inside the flesh is very is, yeah. is, is very supple. But but it can also be gloppy if it's yeah. an old fig. Mm. Well, and I like dried figs, so the, uh, yeah. the ones in here are actually dried, so they don't add oh, nice. moisture. Ah, uh, yeah, that's important oh. when you're making yeah. a cake. It's but, like um, it's like a like a a denser pound cake almost mm -hmm. with a a little mm, yeah <laughs> and then like got it 
slathered on top with some strawberry goodness. Oh, yeah. A little bit of rum after bite. A little Ooh, rum kick. kick. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Merry <laughs> Christmas, everyone. <laughs> well, and I added the figs, too, because traditionally around Christmas is when you, um, Sicilians would make fig cookies. Um what's called cuchidati mm-hmm. um but those take about four days to make so i just added figs into the olive oil cake just to oh, give a little nod to that yeah. i'm diving into the bread here it's uh, real good yeah. dip it in kathleen's wonder sauce oh that's not a bad idea yeah, yeah. So this is just a focaccia bread which is really easy to make there's a youtube channel um called food wishes and uh and the, the chef the chef who uh, prepares things has a kind of a strange voice because he always speaks in an upward cadence. But if you can get past that, because um, uh, I'm sure that you know all your Catholic underground friends, we speak just normal, right? Yeah, but anyway, so food wishes. I'll try to remember to put that in the show notes. Um, his focaccia recipe is very easy to do. Nice. And it's something you can do in your house um, with, with the stuff that you've got there. If you've got some nice olive oil, if you've got uh, flour, if you've got yeast, then yeah. you're, you're ready to go. That's amazing. And, and you, there's nothing better than the smell of that bread baking. It's that. true. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's something magical about bread. That's one of those things that helps people stay vigilant, too, is, is whenever there's some bread baking, you're almost like, there's something that's coming soon. Yep. And it's going to be great. And I'm not leaving. Until and I'm not leaving until, that's right. Yeah, it's kind of like La Posadas, you know, the, uh, oh, yeah. the, the, the Mexican tradition of going from house to house to search mm. for the Christ child. Uh-huh. You know? yes. Do you find snacks on the way? Uh, well, yes. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of like a trick or treat thing. What? You know? Except, I've never heard of this before. Well, Kathleen, I don't I don't know. Yeah, it, it's I don't know if there's an Italian analog to that. I, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I don't know. But uh, so it's anyway. uh, father is biting into the focaccia bread. I am homemade by Olivia. No, the I'm focaccia. sorry. No, no. Oh. she can't. She can. But oh, I, I know just didn't she have can. time. I, after, no, no, I had no. mass this morning, so I I couldn't. I was going to make focaccia. But um, one of the beautiful things about Louisiana is that many of our stores are owned and operated by Italian families. True. Yep. You know? And they know what's up. Yep. In fact, mm-hmm. in, fact um, in, in my local little town, the, uh, the name of the supermarket is Sopranos. Nice. Not those Sopranos. Yes. Yeah. yeah but, well, uh, yeah. But, uh, but they, yeah. And so you'll, every now and then you'll find little Italian things mm-hmm. kind of hidden back there that you know. yeah. mm-hmm. I live down the street from not one but two Italian groceries, and it yeah, is the ideal does. situation for me. Mm-hmm. I mean that absolutely seriously. Quite. I can walk to two Italian grocery stores. Blessed be God. Mm-hmm. Oh, so uh, Calandro's is one. Calandro's is one, and Canatella's is the other one. Oh, wonderful. They have a, a store. The original store is in a small town near Morganza, which is also a very small town. Yes, it is. Um, I forget Ennis? the name of the other Would small town. Would it be Ennis? No, it's, I feel like it's something that starts with an L. I don't know, but um, so they. I don't. I don't know. It's all right. Lutcher. Um, it's not Lutcher. It's the opposite <laughs> Lottie? direction. Different, different. Lottie. Yeah, Lottie is another one of those Maybe. towns that's nearby. No. But For those have, of you who are listening in Boston, <laughs> this means nothing to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it means nothing to a lot of Louisiana people too. Right. Um, that's true. but they're like Morganza. Is that a place? Um, but yeah. So they. I'd never been to the original store, but they opened one in Baton Rouge. Um, maybe six months ago and I've been and it's basically just kind of like a um, specialty grocery store where mm-hmm. you, you're not going to be able to do all your shopping there but uh-huh. you know the stuff that you really want to be good quality like um, they have they have their own meats you can get lasagna you can get muffaladas you can get all kinds of stuff there um, mm-hmm. as well as like cheeses and things so um, yeah 
I've gotten some good stuff from them before. Nice. That's true. And the thing about it is, uh, you know, to those of you who, who listen to our podcast, there is almost always an Italian grocer somewhere nearby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's one of the things that makes our United States very beautiful is that we are this culinary uh, kind of cauldron, you know. And uh, especially in, in New England, if you're watching or listening in New England, um, get to know an Italian family uh, mm-hmm. if you haven't. Uh, I'm not making that a mandate because it sounds like a mafia thing, but no, mm. get, get to know an Italian family because more often than not, we talked about adoption at the top of the show. Yes. Um, they would love to adopt you to be part of their family. I'm not mm. telling you, the traditions are just over the top yep. good because it's always centered around family and food. That's right. And, and, and it always, faith. and I was going to say, and yeah. in one way or another, it always points towards faith. Yes. Because even if you um, uh, involve yourself with an Italian family that, you know, maybe has, has kind of drifted a little bit from the practice of their faith. Mm. It's, it's so ingrained in their culture, you know? Yeah. And I say, one of the reasons we have no problem as Catholics eating Italian food is because we're Roman Catholic. We're all Italian in mm-hmm. some way, you know? We, we all <laughs> yeah. in some way, right. you know, kind of kind of tip our hats to, mm-hmm. to that type of cuisine. Right. So, I mean, God, this is my favorite, my favorite show of the whole... Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine like, why. I still think about your pierogies. Just, we need to not, but we, yeah, we need to do this at the end of the day when I just roll myself out the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Into my car and into my bed. Yeah, so so like a little a little inside baseball here. We're we're pre-taping this show so that it can run during the Christmas season. So hello to you. You're watching us during the Christmas season, but yeah. but we we are doing episode four twelve. The next episode we're going to do right after this one is four eleven, and that's the one that's going to be live for the second Sunday of Advent. There we go. Okay. So letting you letting you behind the screen. So we've still got. We can't eat all of this because we have to. You know, do a whole other show. Yeah, yeah, so if you go back and watch 411 and we're like, and uh, <laughs> Right, yeah. What? what, what? Yeah. Time travel doesn't ever work out well for anybody, you know? So, Not at all. So there it is, yeah. And so that's the thing. I mean, it's really, the beautiful thing about, about Christmas is it gives us an opportunity to, to sit with the Lord. And that's what we do around the, around the table. I mean, think about it. We do it at Thanksgiving, but we certainly do it at Christmas, too is that we were given the chance to share food with one another and to kind of break open what we have received over the course of the yeah. year, our Christmas presents, and then hopefully you're in a situation where you can talk about faith with your family too. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, you know, they say, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm a priest in a family, but I never have any trouble talking about, even if I don't get into the intricacies of Catholicism, because, yeah. you know, people are still interested in that, but you can still talk about faith. Mm-hmm. And especially in the United States, thanks be to God, we're able to talk about faith with the facility that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, with whether whether it's whether we know a lot about religion, where we know whether we know a lot about the particular denomination that we are. Um, I think all of us somewhere deep down knows that we're here for a purpose, or at least we hope we are. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, don't be afraid to talk about that. Yeah, because around the table is the best place to do it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, well, especially because food is such a it's an intimate activity, mm-hmm. um, but it's also something that, like, the Catholic world has so many uh, traditions that revolve around food. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, every year we focus on a different aspect of, like, culinary Christmas, and mm-hmm. we're not running out of ideas yet. No. Because there's just so many different aspects of our faith that involve food. I mean, think yeah. about, like, the Eucharist, right? The, the mm-hmm. Eucharist is a meal. It's an act of eating. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, eating is something very special to our faith. 
And so even if you make something like, um, like the other day I made St. Lucy's bread, um, and oh, yeah. you know, you make, you make something that's a, has a tradition attached to it. You give it to people and they're like, Oh, this is new and different. Why did you make this? What is this? And you can like briefly say like, Oh, well it's because of X, Y, and Z. And in that little moment, you know, you don't have to like nail them to the floor and like <laughs> read them the catechism, yeah, right, right. but in that little moment, you know, you've done something to, to pique their interest or draw them closer to the yeah, heart of Jesus. There's evangelization in that for sure. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, sometimes the, uh, you know, uh, our buddy Roberto again, um, he really should be here for this. He but, really uh, should. Next but year we'll have a Roberto Christmas. We should have a Roberto family Christmas, yeah. We'll be up in Canada, so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But uh, one of the things that, that you get is is that some, if you fast and feast with the church, mm-hmm. that is catechism enough. It, it will, it, the, you know, the, the faith is passed on through yeah. the sharing of the meal as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Also, you lose weight if you fast and feast with the church too. Ooh. I'm trying this smoked trout. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Did you yep. smoke it yourself? I did not. Mm. It was either this. I was. I was trying to find a fish dish that would be something that I would not have to cook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like I need something smoked. I didn't expect to find smoked trout. No, mm-hmm. but I did. And you know what? I really wanted to do. So. Um, Fish of, uh, you know, sea-dwelling creatures of all kinds are, are good to go in Italy. Mm-hmm. And I finally found in Baton Rouge, I found an octopus vendor. What? Come yes. On. Uh-huh. Where? Interesting. Yeah, the new Vietnamese market um, on on uh, Perkins Road here in Baton Rouge, which there is one of go. our kind of main thoroughfares. Oh. Um, they have a Vietnamese restaurant, but they also have a Vietnamese market. Hmm. And they have a lot of uh, really interesting fish stuffs. That so, is no. super interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. So, though, so I might make something with octopus. <laughs> Kathleen's just passing the fish right over. Mm. <laughs> it's okay. It's got a great, great flavor. Um, because it's smoked, I'm just going to have another one. While it smells good. I just yeah. can't do fish right now. It's okay. Um, I figured that, but it's funny. People people feel funny about fish. I don't know if it's like, uh, I don't know. Anyway, I'm with you. I like it. Mm-hmm. I just had like fishy things for lunch so i have that's to, okay it's, mm-hmm. i'm good for the week yeah i thought about doing something with scallops or something but i didn't mm. you know i only had one mass today <laughs> my, <laughs> my 11 a.m but i slept in this morning good for you yeah, good yeah, for I, you because yeah. I, I know that the season is about to break wide open because yep. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know as we get closer to i'm sorry i'm time traveling again but as, as we get closer to christmas Things get very, very busy for mm-hmm. priests, mm-hmm. and so we kind of—it's it, almost like whenever you're you're getting ready for one of your children, or you have a newborn, mm-hmm. and you're you're sleeping in turns, and you're you know kind of kind of taking shifts. I can feel that about to happen yeah. with with uh, parish life. Mm-hmm. So uh, so as you're enjoying this Christmas meal, um, hopefully Christmas meal with your family and, and listening to the show. Uh, we'll be kind of revving up for yeah. for all the Christmas stuff. We have reconciliation services and stuff that are happening, which are ways that we remain vigilant as well, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I know I have one pick of the week uh, for for uh, for this because normally we do a pick of the week every yeah. every week, you know, and everybody goes around table. But this is my pick of the week. This is called Saint Germain. Mm. It's not Italian. It's French, but it is elderflower liqueur. I've never even heard of elderflower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's where you get the elderberry. Right? Oh, is that right? Okay, yeah. now it's elderberry, sure. Yeah. Right. So, so that's what they make fun of in the Monty mm-hmm. Python film. Oh, um, <laughs> but this is elderflower liqueur. Ooh, it's we'll ah, send some up fancy. the uh, 
Yeah, and so Saint Germain, it's um, you can get it in different size bottles. It's a fantastic. It's a very sweet. A little goes a long way. It's a very uh -huh. sweet liqueur. You can drink it by itself. Uh, it goes into to many different mixed type of cocktail drinks. Oh, that's hmm. nice. And then you can. It is. Yeah. And then okay. Elderberry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Elderflower. What's it called? Elderflower. Yeah. Elderflower. Elderflower. Yeah. Saint Germain or, or Saint Germain, if you this want. Is yeah. Quite lovely. So that's my pick of the week. It's a. It's a. It's a little. It's a little savory, but it's floral, and then it has a kind of a sweet and savory finish huh. at the same time. Yes. Nice. So that's my pick of the week. Yeah. All right. Kathleen, are you are you delicious. duly impressed? I I yes. Yeah, uh -huh. I feel very fancy right now. Well, yeah. the bottle is really nice too. It's yeah. got a lot of scallops uh, on the bottle. Not, very not art like deco. fish scallop, but yeah, it is. It's a very Art Deco bottle. Where That's did you true. get it from? Uh, this you can get from pretty much anywhere liqueurs are sold. Mm. So I've seen so, it at Calandros. Yeah, a lot of supermarkets, a lot of specialty supermarkets will have that too. Mm. And I notice even some of the kind of the big box chains, like the World Market and whatnot, mm -hmm. they'll have this, especially during Christmas season. Because this is something that your family can kind of sip and yeah. chat. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. You know, it allows for the sharing of stories. Huh. <laughs> for sure. Like um, uh, yeah. post-dinner, if you will. Yeah, like this, uh, being a liqueur, a, this, mm -hmm. this um, it's a little sweet for a digestif. This might be a better aperitif, something you would you would kind of wet your appetite with. Mm, but it can yeah. go both ways. You can have it before or after. Right. Um, okay. I, I haven't actually mixed it with anything before. I mean, I might have put it on ice cream or something like that because it's oh, good on ice cream. Everything's is. good on ice cream. We, yeah. just, we just mixed it with the blood orange soda. Yeah? Quite yummy. Really? Well, I'm going to have to try that. 10 oh. out of 10 recommend. There you go. Mm. And, and that's the thing, too, is, is because of its unique flavor, it mm. can kind of dress something else up. Mm. Yeah. So you can Ooh. you can have it with a little fizzy water, you know, that would sure. be good too. That's nice. So I are. like that a lot. Mm -hmm. So like it, it was, it's it's the one pick of the week to rule them all for mm -hmm. the the Christmas spectacular, mm. the, oh, the Saint Germain. That's um, a, that yeah. is well worth it. Yeah, it's true. That's um, my pick of the week too. And so what we'll do is we'll try <laughs> to make sure that all the foods that we talked about, I'll have to take a picture. Um, uh, which actually, I, yeah, well, I do have to take a picture. Um, and we'll put that on the website and try to point to everything. I have all my little cheat sheets here to tell you what the foods are. Nice. We also have some biscotti over there uh, mm -hmm. as well, and then some Chianti, which is, you know, kind of a standard issue table wine. There you go. So, so yeah, that's it. Uh, so, uh, tell you what, uh, you can let us know if this is your first time signing on to the show. Um, let us know. Backchat at CatholicUnderground.com or go to CatholicUnderground.com. TV, and you can leave us a message there. Our panelists this week have been Kathleen Lee. She's the Faith Ninja and Hope Samurai at Kaylee626 on Instagram. Thank you, Kathleen. Anytime. Also, Olivia Galino at The Real OMG with all the dots in the right spots there. Thanks, That's Olivia. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Our technical director is Jeff Blackwell at Jeff Blackwellis on Instagram and on Twitter. Our research assistant and leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes. Our video and graphics director is Ed Ball. You know me, I'm Father Chris. We've made one more revolution around the sun. You can follow me online at Digital Catholic, and we hope that we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice this year. For the Catholic Underground, Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next time. From the Catholic Underground. <laughs>